the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. For us, for you, for me, God doesn't remove all of our enemies. He doesn't remove all of the temptations in our life. He uses them in our life to prove us, to show us His faithfulness, and to show us our weakness and just how desperately we need Him because we are so prone to wander. We're so prone to give in to just the smallest temptation. And it just shows us just how weak we are in our own strength, in our own flesh, and how much we need God. Wouldn't life be so much easier if God decided to remove all your enemies? If He made a way to delete all the temptations and hardships of life, it would be much easier. In today's message, Pastor Dan will remind us that God chooses to not remove those things to show us how much we need Him. If life was easy, you wouldn't need to depend on Him or trust in His promises. You could make it through the world alone. But God is faithful, and His presence goes with you, even in the hardest of moments. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 47, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Nearing the end of Jeremiah, a few more chapters to go, Jeremiah 47. Well, Jeremiah chapter 47 is where we pick up our study this evening. And if you remember, the first 45 chapters of Jeremiah, God speaks to the people of Judah. The first 45 chapters are prophecies to the people of Judah, and these final chapters now, beginning with chapter 46 to the end of of the book of Jeremiah, are prophecies against the Gentile nations that bordered the land of Israel geographically. And these were all nations that at times opposed Israel or came against Israel in some way. God judged these nations, and he judged these nations for their mistreatment of the people of Israel. So now chapter 47, we have the prophecy against the Philistines, the Philistines. The Philistines lived in the coastal region of the promised land, and they were an enemy to the people of Israel. They were very much a thorn in the side of Israel from the time that they entered into the promised land under Joshua. As soon as they came into the promised land, the Philistines were an issue, and they continued to be an issue really throughout the Old Testament, throughout Israel's history until they went off to captivity in Babylon. There were almost perpetual wars between the Philistines and Israel. 
the Philistines often tried to expand their territory into the land of Judah. There are in the land of Judah these five valleys that go from the coastal plain where the Philistines lived into the interior of Judah. There were these valleys that went from west to east into the interior of Judah. The Philistines often would try to enter into Judah, into the interior of the country through these valleys. So as you read in your Bible in the Old Testament about these battles that take place between the Philistines and in Israel, those battles usually take place in one of those five valleys. In fact, the most well-known story, David and Goliath, that takes place in the Elah Valley where David takes on Goliath. It's one of these valleys that cuts through the Judean mountains into the interior of the country. And so the, all, the battles take place in those valleys. And the Philistines were just a constant threat on Judah's western border and just a constant concern for Israel and for Judah. And I want to read a verse for you back in Judges, a couple verses. Judges chapter 3, it says there in Judges chapter 3, verse 1, now these are the nations which the Lord left, that he might test Israel by them. That is, all who had not known any of the wars in Canaan, this was only so that the generations of the children of Israel might be taught to know war, at least those who had not formerly known it, namely, five lords of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites who dwell in Mount Lebanon. He goes on to describe these nations. But here it says in Judges that the Lord left these nations there in the promised land. And he mentions in particular the five lords of the Philistines. When the children of Israel entered into the promised land, God did not instantly remove all of the enemies from the land. And maybe you've noticed in your life, That God, when you became a believer in Jesus Christ, he didn't instantly remove all your troubles and all your trials and all the temptations to sin. They remained. Well, he did that with the nation of Israel. He allowed the Philistines to remain for a reason. And the reason was he used them, it says in Judges chapter 3 verse 1, he used the Philistines and these other nations to test the children of Israel. And the word test there, it's used in the sense of proving, proving. The Philistines remained because God wanted to prove the faithfulness of Israel or the lack of faithfulness to show them their weakness. And again, for us, for you, for me, God doesn't remove all of our enemies. He doesn't remove all of the temptations in our life. He uses them in our life to prove us. To show us his faithfulness and to show us our weakness and just how desperately we need him. Because we are so prone to wander. We're so prone to give in to just the smallest temptation. And it just shows us just how weak we are in our own strength, in our own flesh and how much we need God. And so he allows these things to remain in our lives. We we would prefer of course, for God to just remove all these things out of our life and we'd never be tempted to sin again. But the 
But, but he, leaves, he leaves these things because they're good, in a sense. They're good. Because they show us the faithfulness of God, and they show us our weakness and our need for God. God kept the Philistines in the land, in that coastal area, as a constant enemy, a constant test for Israel, to keep them constantly in need of God. Now, in Israel's history, when David became king, we're told Israel finally was able to subdue the Philistines under David's leadership, and the Philistines remained subdued under Israel through the reign of David, through the reign of Solomon. And then remember, after Solomon dies, the nation of Israel goes into civil war. It's divided between the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And the Philistines saw that as an opportunity because there was so much political unrest and uncertainty in Israel with this divided kingdom. During the divided kingdom, the Philistines rose up again. And they rose to power again. They took advantage of the political instability in Israel. And they became a power again. And they became a threat again to Israel and Judah. Later on in Israel's history, under the Roman Empire, in the 2nd century AD, actually in 135 AD, the Roman Empire just became so fed up with the Jewish people in Israel that were constantly fighting against them and revolting against them. The Romans finally came in in 135. They just completely wiped out Israel. And they changed the name of the land of Israel to Palestine. And that's where the name Palestine comes from, or Philistia. And the Romans did that. They called it the land of the Philistines as an insult to the Jewish people. And it remained you know, known as Palestine all the way up until 1948, when the modern nation of Israel was born in 1948. If you go to Israel today, you go into Jerusalem, you go into the Arab section of Jerusalem, and there's some shops there. You'll see in the shops they have vintage tourism posters for sale that say, visit the land of Palestine. These old posters dating to before 1948. But that's where the name Palestine comes from. It actually dates back to the Romans, calling the land Philistia, the land of the Philistines. The Palestinians are not Philistine. Uh, They're actually Jordanians. They're not related back to the Philistines. They're not truly Palestinians in a historic sense. That's a different message for a different time. So chapter 47, verse 1, the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet against the Philistines before Pharaoh attacked Gaza. Gaza was one of the cities. You can see it on the map there. It was one of the main cities in the land of the Philistines. And so this is a prophecy against the Philistines before Pharaoh attacked the city of Gaza. This is referring likely to Necho, who attacked the Philistines when he marched north to go to war with the Babylonians. If you were here last week, and we talked about that, when the Egyptians went to war with the Babylonians in a place called Carchemish. 
and the Egyptians were defeated. On their way, the Egyptians attacked Gaza, and then they attacked Judah at Megiddo on their way up to fight the Babylonians. And so now in verse 2, it says, Thus says the Lord, Behold, waters rise out of the north and shall be an overflowing flood. They shall overflow the land and all that is in it, the city and those who dwell within. Then the men shall cry and all the inhabitants of the land shall wail. Speaking of the land of the Philistines, and this is describing the Babylonian army flooding into the land of the Philistines. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. After they defeated Egypt and what was left of the Assyrians, they marched down, the Babylonians came down and just sort of conquered the other nations and kingdoms that were there in the region, including the Philistines. And this is describing the Babylonian army coming in like a flood, overflowing the land, flooding the land of the Philistines. And all the inhabitants of the Philistines, it says, cry out, and all the inhabitants shall wail because of the Babylonians. Now look at verse 3. They cry out at the noise of the stamping hooves of his strong horses, Nebuchadnezzar, at the rushing of his chariots, which were the most sophisticated weaponry of the day, were chariots. And so they're wailing and crying at the sound of the chariots rushing into the land, at the rumbling of his wheels. Fathers will not look back for their children, lacking courage. And this this is a pretty shocking description of how the men of the Philistines, how they responded to the Babylonian invasion. The fathers were so stricken with fear when the Babylonians came in, they abandoned their own families to save themselves. They abandoned their own children. It's just kind of unimaginable for us that fathers would ever leave their own children behind. They would leave their children behind for the Babylonians to abuse and enslave and kill, but that's what they did. Philistine men just abandoned their families to save their own lives, and they fled. In contrast, in 73 AD, there was a group of Jewish zealots, 960 zealots that were trapped at Masada, and they were surrounded by the Roman army, and they knew that they were going to die at the hands of the Roman army, that they did not stand a chance against the Roman army. In that story, on that occasion, the men chose to kill their children and kill their wives and then commit suicide, rather than their children and wives falling into the hands of the Roman 
army. But, but here, when the Babylonians invaded the land of the Philistines, the Philistine men left behind their women and children. They abandoned their families to the Babylonians. just unthinkable. It's unthinkable that men would do that. I, you know, maybe you've seen the last couple of years in the news with the civil war that's happening in Syria, and there's a large number of Syrian men that are abandoning their families in refugee camps and going to Europe for safety. It's unthinkable. Unthinkable. That's what was happening with the Philistines and the Babylonians invaded. The men left their families behind. At the end of verse 3, it says they did it because they lacked courage. They were cowards. Verse 4 says, because of the day that comes to plunder all the Philistines. Now look what it says now. To cut off from Tyre and Sidon every helper who remains. For the Lord shall plunder the Philistines, the remnant of the country of Kaftor. It says here, to cut off from Tyre and Sidon. Every helper. The Philistines and Tyre and Sidon had an alliance together. They were, they were seafaring nations. They were sea merchants. They traded with each other. They had a political alliance, a military alliance. But what happened is when the Babylonians defeated the Egyptians up at Carchemish, up in modern-day Syria, Turkey, and they started heading down through the land of Israel... They went to Tyre and Sidon first, and they attacked Tyre and Sidon. In fact, Nebuchadnezzar laid siege to the city of Tyre for 13 years. 13 years. Then he heads down into the Philistine land, Philistia. And so the Philistines, their alliance with Tyre and Sidon was no help to them. Because the Babylonians took care of Tyre and Sidon before they came down to attack the Philistines. So they're cut off from Tyre and Sidon. Every helper who remains goes on in verse 5 to say, Baldness has come upon Gaza. Baldness is the judgment of God. Just kidding. <laughs> no, bald, they, they shaved their heads as a sign of, of mourning. Because of what's happening. Ashkelon, another city in the Philistine territory. Ashkelon is cut off with the remnant of their valley. How long will you cut yourself? They they cut themselves again as a sign of mourning over their destruction. Now look what it says in verse 6. O you sword of the Lord, how long until you are quiet? Put yourself up into your scabbard, your sheath, rest and be still. How can it be quiet? Seeing the Lord has given it a charge against Ashkelon and against the seashore. There he has appointed it. God has appointed this judgment of the Philistines. He says the sword of the Lord. It's the sword of Yahweh. Coming against the Philistines. Now God used the Babylonian. He used the Babylonian army to judge the Philistines. But this was the work of the Lord. The Philistines defeat. They were defeated for a spiritual reason. 
Not because of a political reason or a military reason. This was a spiritual thing that was happening. Now, we, we don't think of wars or battles or attacks as something that is spiritual that's happening, right? We give it a, you know, a political explanation, a military explanation, what's going on politically in the region, uh, you know, uh, in modern times, they're after oil or they have, you know, whatever. But what we see in the Bible is that there's a spiritual dominion over all of this that's happening here. This is the work of the Lord, actually. So now we come to chapter 48. And in chapter 48, we have the judgment against Moab. And you can see on the map here, Moab is the purple country here, the purple kingdom. Uh, So they are to the east of the land of Judah. The Moabites were the descendants of Lot, Abraham's nephew. So they were actually related to the Hebrews. They were related to the children of Israel. But again, the Moabites often opposed Israel and came against and encroached on their land. So understand that for Israel... They had an enemy directly to one side and an enemy directly to the other side on on their borders here. One to the east, one to the west. It's now verse 1 of chapter 48 against Moab. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Woe to Nebo, for it is plundered. And there's going to be some names of places here that I'm going to butcher. Kirjathaim is shamed and taken. The high stronghold is shamed and dismayed. No more praise of Moab and Heshbon. They have devised evil against her. Come and let us cut her off as a nation. You also shall be cut down, O madman. The sword shall pursue you. A voice of crying shall be from Horanaim plundering and great destruction. These are all Moabite cities that are described here. Moab is destroyed. Her little ones have caused a cry to be heard, for in the ascent of Luhith, they ascend with continual weeping, for in the descent of Horonaim, the enemies have heard a cry of destruction. Flee! Save your lives and be like the juniper in the wilderness. They're told here to flee to the wilderness, flee to the desert. Like the juniper tree that grows in the desert. Go go to the desert. Flee to the desert so that you can live. That's your only chance. Look what it says in verse 7 about Moab. For because, so here's the reason why, for because you have trusted In your works and your treasures, you also shall be taken. And Chemosh shall go forth into captivity, his priests and his princes together. He says here, the reason that this judgment is coming upon them is because the Moabites trusted in their works and their treasures, their wealth, and Chemosh, which was kind of like their national god that they trusted in. He asked me how I know, and I said, 
The book of Jeremiah entails many prophecies given to the people of Israel, but they weren't just commands of judgment and consequence. Within these pages, Jeremiah gives insight into the coming promises that Jesus would offer by coming and fulfilling a new covenant of redemption for all people. What's interesting is that Jeremiah poured his heart and soul out as he wrote this book. It wasn't just a dry dissertation of what people should do or what should come about. Jeremiah was a living and breathing person during the time of siege and exile, and he felt deeply for the people and nation he was a part of. His empathy for his kinsmen should resonate with you as you're part of a larger group of people in a nation and ultimately part of God's family. Is there a stirring within you to see those who are lost come to have a saving knowledge of Christ? If so, you might be able to relate to Jeremiah more than you thought. If you're enjoying this series through the book of Jeremiah and would like to hear more teachings, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. In addition to listening to these teachings, you can access more information about the church behind this ministry. Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. As a church, our heart is geared towards spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with. And we welcome anyone to worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. For service times and location, check out calvaryec.com. Thanks for joining us today. Next time, we'll continue looking at the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.